Welcome to episode 12 of Two Player Split Screen. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Tyler Berry. To my left, the most gorgeous and interesting man in the world, Blake Schultz. Gorgeous and interesting. I'm getting better. Well, you've had 26 years at it. It's, it's you know. It's, it's taken you this long to get two decent adjectives in front of your name. To be fair, you said most in front of both of them. That's a lot. Of, there's a decent amount of interesting people. No, I said most in front of one of them, not Fine. in front so of Fine, so I'm the most beautiful and an interesting person. I said gorgeous, not beautiful. Damn it. All right. <laughs> We're off to a baby raring steps. start, guys. Baby steps. So, um, as always, we got to get into at least a little bit of Amiibo stuff. And there is mm -hmm. actually some pretty pertinent news to talk about instead of us just rambling on about our personal collections. Uh, so what got announced today, buddy? Uh, so Amazon announced today that if it ain't broke, don't fix it. They're sure. not going to be taking pre-orders for the next Amiibo wave, which is launching on September 11th with Mario Maker. With all those fun Ganondorf, Zero Suit Samus, Olimar, Dr. Mario, Bowser Jr., and the two uh, pixelated Marios. Yes. Yeah. Um, I guess it worked really well with Palatina. It worked well for you, apparently. It, I did not get the chance to get one. So, yeah. So, I want to talk about that. It's interesting because what they did before, for anybody who's unaware, was at Wave 4... Uh, they just kind of stacked each one, and you had 30 minutes of pop. Between 2 and 2.30, it would go live. That could be 2, it could mean 2.30, it could mean 2.15, it could mean 2.06. goes live, and then you just, you go. And then it drains out, and the next half hour starts, it drains out. No pre-order, no one click by, everything's disabled. You gotta go through all the rigmarole to get it mm -hmm. done. Um, I, for one, had literally no luck with the yeah. way they did it when it came to that. I did not get one Amiibo from Amazon. I got, of the two I needed when they did it for Wave you 4, got I got Robin. Yeah, I didn't get Lucina. Which was huge. I can't, yeah. I can't believe you got that one. Because that was the one that it seemed like, I'm pretty sure that one went up late. Yeah. And also was just gone within Lucina seconds. and Robin were both gone in seconds. And I remember when Robin went up, I had a moment of like, pause. Where like, I opened up the like, multiple buyer options and the top one was $12.99 and for a good two seconds I was like, what is this? Before, <laughs> yeah, the rest of my, trick. before the rest of my brain was like, you fool, click it now before it's gone forever. Why are you pausing? Um, so that was really good. And then, yeah, out in a fraction of a second, which is no different from pre-orders going up, to be fair. Pre-orders go up and they're gone. Sure. Except for the exclusive now they seem to have found out. The three-pack bundle and Dr. Mario were both live for a decent amount of time. Wow. Yeah. The 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 retro bundle, the retro three pack, it had to be up for at least forty eight hours. About it. Yeah. Which is unprecedented, especially when it comes to GameStop pre orders, right. which have notoriously just been god awful. Right. The Nest fiasco that crashed oh, everything. Yeah. That but, was that was the worst. That was like our D Day as amiibo <laughs> collectors. It was crazy. Um, but yeah. So it seems like. Uh, Seems like Amazon's sticking with their same system. They, I think they realized that they had better luck with just throwing it up during a certain time frame, and when it sells out, it sells out instead of doing this like staggered like yeah. two to two thirty this one, three to three thirty well, this one. Because let's be honest, at the end of the day, it's going to be gone in two minutes anyway. Right. And Paulatino was live for a while too. Like she was up for two or three hours. Which, when you consider everyone's just flying on, isn't bad. 
It's not great, but relative to things we've seen, it's, it's not, not great when you're bad. at work. But I hate everyone. I still don't have her. I so I personally prefer this method as opposed to say the target pre-orders that just sort of sprang up. It what? gives everyone sort of pause to like plan. There's an idea of like, okay, if I only want Silver Mario, I just have to show up at three online and just be there. Yeah. I don't have to be up at the butt crack of dawn. I don't stand have to set alarms line. for three in the morning. I don't have to stand in a line. I don't have to drive to 15 places in under an hour. And I don't have to just check Target, Best Buy, GameStop every day to see if anything I don't have is live. We know exactly when it's happening and for what. Which is a good way to do it if there was a ton of stock, that would be even better. Yeah. But I'm going to take the wins I can take right now. Sure. And, uh, I mean, to be fair, we should mention Target. They they actually had a really, really solid rollout of the Wave 5B pre-orders the other day. Yeah. Along with a couple of reprints. Like, I, as you can see, if you guys can see here, I finally got my Wii Fit Trainer uh, and... Paid twelve ninety nine for because as I was pre ordering my eight bit Mario, my Doctor Mario, and uh, my Olimar, lo and behold, Wii Fit Trainer popped up. Yeah. Uh, so I was able to get her too, which I was pleasantly surprised about. So it seems like slowly but surely things are it's getting, getting better. better. And especially for the exclusives, I think we're seeing that they can now make the stock and instead of distribute, we're seeing some of the pros to exclusives that we haven't seen yet. Mm -hmm. Where now they can focus all of their stock into one outlet. So there's more there and it's easier to get. Instead of Toys R Us gets, if we make a thousand Lucinas, Toys R Us gets a hundred, right. Best Buy gets three hundred, Amazon gets five hundred, and Target gets two hundred. And then the, those stores all get three a pop. Right. Now it's Target gets 100,000 Dr. Mario's, which means there's about 100 at every single store and 200 online. Done. That's cool with me. Like that, 10 times better. Yeah. Um, it just means that for every wave that comes out, maybe there'll be one that I have to import for extra few bucks instead yeah. of three. Which again, my Dr. Mario is about $21 with shipping and tax. And I can bounce over on Amazon right now and import Olimar for 18 So it's... And I mean, if you weren't lucky enough to get two off of Target that you needed, you were going to be paying 19 bucks after tax and shipping anyway because yeah. they don't do... Uh, they only do free shipping over 25 I was luckily... I got four in one order, so it didn't matter for me. But yeah, yeah if you were only getting one, you might as well just get it off of Amazon. And a lot of them are... Prime shipping too. So if yeah. you got Prime, you're you got them in two days, and you got them before anyone in uh, anyone got their North America version. So right, uh, it's just like it's kind of just a numbers game at this point. It's like, do you wanna do you have enough that you can order at the same time to make it worth it? Or at the end of the day, sometimes it might just be better to go through Amazon. Yeah, I've been debating doing it for Alomar and Bowser Jr., but I'm gonna see because now he's Toys R Us. Mm -hmm. um, interesting choices for the exclusives this time around. The Mario characters I thought were going to be kind of everywhere. But I yeah. guess Rosalina's been exclusive before, so it's not... And Rosalina got a restock during that same... Everyone that, got a restock. That was great. Like, during the, the same thing I was just talking about where I got my Wii Fit Trainer, Rosalina was up for a decent amount of time, too. Yeah. So that was really interesting. You had everyone up. The only other thing I want to talk about with Amiibos, and then we'll move on... Um, 
and it was debunked today at least in Canada. But the of the eight bit Mario, they're doing the two versions: the yep. brown costume, which is the one I want, classic and modern. Yep, and the modern one with the blue. Yep. The blue one for a while was looking like it's only bundled with the console. I'm glad they. Which is that. like I was really happy about. Like, okay, fine, exclusives, bundles with games. I get it. With the system, mm, I get the logic. I get that Nintendo's goal is getting Wii U's out there. I understand that people are buying Amiibos. I understand that if they slip this in with a big game, they have a higher incentive of people buying systems, which is the ultimate goal. I get it. Still, though, what the fuck were they thinking with this? No. What the fuck were they thinking? It. And it's a Walmart exclusive. So not only is it bundled in... But it's in a Walmart, which means now if I want blue pixels instead of brown, which thank God that I don't, I've got to go into the grimiest of retail stores that just and just feel like yeah. I need a shower afterwards, buy a second Wii U that I was a first day buyer of, which I'm going to end up being able to trade into GameStop for 80 bucks, and then get a game that I do want to get this little, t- like, I'm done. Like, sorry. No. Bad call. Yeah. But it got debunked, right? Maybe. In a Canadian ad this morning I saw had Modern Color Mario as an ad separate from the console only at Walmart. So it still might be a Walmart exclusive. If it's a Walmart exclusive, I can deal with that. Since it is still... It's not confirmed one way or the other, I won't spend too much time shitting on Nintendo's decision. But if... Let's say hypothetically that it is only bundled in the console that's probably the biggest slap in the face to amiibo collectors yeah. to this point because i'm not going to sit here and say every single amiibo collector has a wii u but come on you know that the majority of them do because they're nintendo clearly amiibo collectors are nintendo fans right. through and through like my first couple amiibo yeah i didn't have a wii u but that's because I wanted them right away, and I knew right. that I was gonna uh, wait till Christmas to buy my Wii U. But yeah, even I, like I've got my Wii U now. You have to imagine that the majority of collectors have a Wii U. Yeah. So the fact that you would even consider exclusively bundling one amiibo with a Wii U, at least in America, is just terrible. It's, it's just really a bad. really bad and kind of disrespectful decision. Well, and it also is just Nintendo needs to work on their communication. If these things are going to get out, it's kind of like the Shovel Knight amiibo. If this information gets slipped out before they have a chance to do it, they need to start getting in front of that story. Yep. So if somebody comes out and they're like, look here, I found a SKU for a Wii U system that only has the 8-bit Mario modern colors, but I don't see the modern colors anywhere else, Nintendo needs to come out the next day and go, hey, that's one of the bundles. It's also going to be separate. Calm down. But they do this thing where they just sort of let information kind of... Like, I don't even think I saw an official announcement from them that Dr. Mario and Bowser Jr. were exclusives. I don't know that there was one. of a Reddit thread of someone finding Dr. Mario numbers and a Toys R Us ad. Like, unless you're going to these stores every day, you're not going to know about it. Yep. And Nintendo needs to start right off the bat having some clarity about what's going on. Because they have people that are following this, and they have people who want it, and these things are selling so well that even their executives are shocked. It's doing so much better than any of them even fathomed that mm-hmm. they're at a point where they're like, let, 
Yacht Club Games go and make a make a show Which night is awesome. Amiibo. That's yeah. so awesome. Which is great, and I'm really curious what other not Nintendo developers are going to start making Amiibos now. It opens up a whole other door. Well, and that's one of the positives for Nintendo, like regardless of whether we agree with with this um, 8-bit Mario thing, but it's just like it's clear that they're investing in their indie developers at this point. Yeah. Like, they've seen how well indie games can do on their console and on every console for that matter and they're embracing it which is great which is something that it still seems to be taking Microsoft a yeah. long like they're trying but it seems to be taking way too long yeah. for them to really get that idea at Xbox thing off the ground and they need to hurry up or they're never going to catch up to yeah. PlayStation or Nintendo uh, the last thing um, I just have a quick question for you Mega Yarn Yoshi, are you buying it? I think so. I uh, me too. Yeah, I, I. If you miss this, it's a, it's a Yarn Yoshi, but in a seven-inch version, and it's forty dollars. Yeah. It's huge. But it works but exactly it. like it works exactly like in any other amiibo. It just makes your Yoshi gigantic in uh, Yoshi's Woolly World. So I, uh... I'm stoked. I'm I'm gonna buy it. I initially I was like I'm not gonna buy it, and then I saw IGN's Andrew Gold, Goldfarb cradling it in his arms and I was like that thing is awesome I have to have it oh the second they said it was a 7 inch yarn Yoshi I was like done Mine. deal I'm Mine. so glad I didn't import any of the other yarn Yoshis I was, that's, that's what happening. I was going to say it's like that solidifies my decision to not buy like the blue or pink yarn Yoshi because I'm just going to own little yarn Yoshi and mega yarn Yoshi oh yeah it's going to be great. It is going to be great. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and get into some, uh... oh, yeah, some Mario stuff, yeah. since we got Mario Maker on the horizon. Yep, we're going to so be, stick with... oh. yeah, sorry, we're going to be ranking the uh, Super Mario 2D games mm -hmm. in my personal order, Yep. and really kind of get into each one. All right. So stick around, we'll be right back. Yep, like, subscribe, share, all that jazz, guys, stick with us, we'll be back. for sticking with us through part one. Uh, Blake, let us get into some Mario stuff. You wanted to uh, yes, do a lot of things, so I why don't do you just go ahead and run with get it. into it. So I've been replaying pretty much every single Super Mario game to get ready for Super Mario Maker. Fucking both, nerd. Well, both so that I can sort of see how they design levels in each game, sort of what makes a good level and a bad level, and also because I just, I had a bug that They're I needed amazing. to itch, right? Yeah. Um, so I ended up starting with Super Mario World, and the other kind of weird thing I'm doing on all these run-throughs is I'm just getting everything. So like every red level in Super Mario World, all of those like gnarly, groovy, funky levels, everything in New Super Mario Brothers, every cannon, mm -hmm. everything you can find. And so now I kind of want to just kind of rank them and get started. Do it. Um, so I'm thinking at the very bottom of my list is gonna actually be 
New Super Mario Brothers 2. Okay. For the DS. Mm -hmm. The second one in the series, in the new Super Mario Brothers series, that was super, super exciting. Everybody was so pumped, and the first one came out on the DS. It was the first time in decades that we had seen a 2D Mario side-scroller. Oh my god, what are they going to do? And right off the bat, my thing with New Super Mario Brothers 2, that I forgive the Wii and Wii U, Wii U version for, is... All of the old Super Mario, Super Mario Brothers 2, Super Mario 3, Super Mario World have a different texture to it and a different art style. And it feels like a different game and it plays like a different game. And every single new Super Mario Brothers game doesn't have that. Mm -hmm. They're all the exact same and you go through the same levels. It's always green level, desert level, ice level, jungle level, fire level, fire. done. You're out. And you're done. And also new Super Mario Brothers 2... As I, I opened up my, my file, and I laughed, because my first file I had from when the game came out, I had 387 lives. And I was just kind of like, all right, fair enough. The games are a little bit easier. And I started and was like, it's obscene how many one-ups they give you. Which one-ups haven't mattered in the game since you put arcades right. and quarters into machines. So who really cares? But at the end of the day, you game over and you just start you, the level over. Right. But it's still, like, there was something to, in Super Mario World, especially in co-op, giving lives to your partner if he right. needed it. And if he gets game over, he's out. And then if you get it, you go all the way back to the start of the level. So if you're at the last castle, you go back to square one. Yep. There was still a punishment there, and it kind of made you play more. But it also just, the mechanics in that game, they're good, they're ju it's just not a very challenging experience. And all the levels are kind of plateaued. And there's a few that aren't. There's a few very inventive levels in, like, sort of the jungle part. Mm -hmm. Or if you get into the uh, mystery, like the mushroom, flower, and star worlds, they're really fast-paced. And those are really fun. But outside of that, like, you can blow through that game and blow through the secrets really quick. The one saving grace of it that I love is the mini mushroom and just running across water. Mm -hmm. That never gets old to me. And the physics for it are really fun, and it really adds a, a depth to the game, and playing each level is different that way. But I think that's the very bottom of my list. Okay. Uh, next one up, I'm just going to go up. Yeah, go. Um, is probably, honestly, New Super Mario Brothers on the DS. And at the time, super exciting game. We were all really pumped for it. Going back to it again, it hits the same problem of all of these levels are very beelined. There aren't a lot of like pipes to go down or vines to go up. And all of the power-ups for it feel like really overpowered. Like, like all the fire flowers and then that gold fire flower, which is also in two, that just blows up everything. And that introduced the mega mushroom that just run through it and right. kill everyone and it also both of the games the first one might not have had it but the second one does so I want to I'll backtrack a bit that gold tanuki suit you can get just show just you just beat the level like nothing can touch you so even if you're fighting like I ran in with it with one of the with against Bowser at the very end of the last castle mm -hmm. and just flicked him off and was like that's not what are, what are we doing? Like they just made come a way on. to the the difficulty is just not there when it like yeah. when it compares to like the older two D Mario games. Right. And that's I feel like like that's obviously and I'm sure you'll get into it, that's obviously the case with all of these like new Super Mario games, whether it's on the DS or the Wii or the Wii U, it's just 
they're fun, but they're just not nearly as they're not the kind of games that we grew up on and like right. why we why we still play games today because it's like those old Mario games, man. Like you, they kept you coming back regardless of if you were shitty at the game or if you were fantastic at yeah. the game. Because if you were shitty at the game, you just always wanted to beat that one level that you couldn't beat. And if you were great at that game, you just always wanted to go back and find every single secret that was in each of those games. Yeah. And I just don't feel... I've never felt compelled with those new Super Mario Brothers games to really do that. Like, I'll beat the main, like, the main line of worlds and beat Bowser at the end, but... After that, it's just like man, like the new like New Super Mario Brothers Wii U, for example. It's like I beat I beat Bowser in the last castle, and then it was like here's all of these other random worlds that are a quote unquote a lot more challenging. And I was like, no, yeah, I'm okay. This was fun, but eh, I'm gonna move on. And the power ups stop feeling like rewards. Like when you get them in Mario Brothers Three or even Mario Brothers One. It feels like something that, like, you've earned. And this one just throws so much stuff at you, and all of it just negates the challenge. Like, you can just fly through the level and... They're just, like, crutches to lean on yeah. in these newer games. And it feels like the worse you are, the more you get, almost. Yeah. Like, you know how a lot of games are like that these days? It's like, it. a lot of games take pity on you if you can't beat a le certain level or, like if you can't get past a certain challenge, it's like, it'll help you out more than yeah. an older game would. An older game would just be like, well, figure it out. Be it or don't. A great example of that, I've been replaying a little bit of Mario Tennis on the N64 on the Wii U. Oh, man, classic. And it's just, it punishes you. You just, you have to be playing that game correctly mm -hmm. and tactically and thinking about how your opponent's playing. And then you go to Mario Power Tennis on the GameCube, and they were like, if you hit the ball five times in a row, you get a thing that'll just freeze time, and you'll hit the ball really hard. You'll probably get a point, and you can hit the ball from anywhere, no matter what. Right. And I remember getting Mario Power Tennis in high school and just being like, this ain't as fun. Like, this just isn't as good. Right. It's just not as good of a game because I'm you're holding my hand. Or one of my favorite stories... Our friend Drew from also part of our little pack on the 51-yard line, yep. uh, he was watching Shout me play out. New Super Mario Brothers Wii U. And we were just, I was just playing it single player. He was just watching. But I had died like five times on this whatever level it was. And there's this block that you can hit, and it'll just like a little ghost Mario that you'll follow, and it'll beat the level. And I remember him just being like, what does that do? And I was like, oh, it'll beat the level for me. But I'll be damned if I let Nintendo tell me how to do this. Like, that's just not how we yeah. do things anymore. Like, no, no, no. I wasn't raised to just hit a box and then be like, welcome to the ending of the level. Well, I mean, it's just a testament to the different time we grew These up millennials. in. millennials. Yeah, I mean, I don't even want to get on my soapbox about that. But it's just like, it's like when we were growing up, like, you couldn't really program games to even do stuff like that. Like, to yeah. make it that much easier on you. Like, you programmed a game... And it kind of was, like, like set at that difficulty. Like, yeah. whether it was, like, normal mode or hard mode. That was pretty much all you got for a long time. And it made 
the games challenging, but it made the games more fun. Well, yes. Yeah. But I feel like now, too, like Call of Duty, Halo, even Dark Souls, their idea of challenging is just like, now your bullets do nothing, and their bullets do everything, and there's a thousand enemies. And it's like, no, that's not... It, it's hard, but it's not challenging. You've just made it impossible to fight. You've just taken away everything I had and given them everything. You've just, you've cut up, you, you basically, it used to be like you'd run a race and there'd be a hill. And you'd be like, it's gonna be really hard to get up that hill, but I'm gonna get over that hill. And now you run a race and instead they're just like, we're gonna throw oil on the hill and then shoot you in the <laughs> kneecap, get up the hill. And you're like, that's not the same thing but then the other side of that coin is the new Super Mario Brothers games that were just like, oh, we got rid of that hill. We saw you. We, we saw it was bothering you, and we put an escalator over there if yeah. you want it. You'll get the exact same thing as everyone else gets. Don't worry. Yeah. But all right, uh, give me give me your next one. Next one up. So, Super Mario Brothers Two, for the NES. Okay. Right. Um, which I really do like that game, and I just it's the one I just finished. I saved it for the end of my little playthrough of everything. Um, it's just such a different experience that I do like a lot, but it's just so off-brand for who Mario is, and especially going back to it, having mm -hmm. Mario, Lost Levels, 3, World, 64, Sunshine, Galaxy, everything. It's, it's, it's this weird... It's the red-headed stepchild of that franchise. And the mechanics in it feel really loose like I mainly played as Mario and I just kept finding myself like sliding almost off of things and mm -hmm. if I wasn't like if you Mega Man 2 requires you to be like a precise platformer right and this game feels like it wants you to be precise but everything's icy okay like you just it just felt a little like if they had just tightened the controls and the physics a hair it would have been amazing I've admittedly never played 2 it's really fun. it's a really good game and it's really fun to play through when you know Mario. Uh-huh. And it introduced a lot of cool things of like Peach can float and Luigi can do his hover jump and Toad is I've never been good at Toad because he just sprints and that game is not designed for you to go fast. Yeah. It's just not. Um but it is a really fun game. My issues with it are Honestly, that it's just so it's so different that it ends up at the bottom of the list, and that doesn't make it bad. It just it doesn't really feel like it should be there. Okay. To the point where even Mario Maker was like, meh. Which I'd still love a DLC for that, but um, yeah, it's fine. The boss fights are good. It actually almost has the other end of the problem, where the difficulty in that the learning curve is so steep, especially coming off of Super Mario Brothers or anything else. Mm -hmm. You have to like learn how to pick up turnips and this and this and this. And it sort of does what Mario Brothers 1 does, where your very first experience you have to learn like, oh, I jump or I get killed by a Goomba. Oh, I got a mushroom, no, I'm bigger. I got a coin, this. this it te teaches you everything. Mario Brothers 2 does the opposite of that and literally drops you into the game. You're falling when that game begins. So you literally are just like, what? Oh, I guess I'll jump on this enemy. That didn't work. But now I'm riding this shy guy. Oh, I can pick him up and throw him and then they die? Yeah. Fine. I only have two chunks of health and there aren't mushrooms unless I find this magic potion and go in here. It's a much steeper learning curve to get to a really good experience. Mm -hmm. um, so that's my next one. And then the next one after that is the new Super Mario Brothers on the Wii, which 
Same problems as New Super Mario Brothers 1 and 2, but that one introduced four-player co-op, Yep. which just changed everything. Uh, everything. I would argue not for the better. It, you, yeah. I, it depends on who you're playing with, and that's one of those games... It's like I played it with my buddy Dan back home, and we were just in tandem and getting everything and every bonus, and nobody was jumping on anybody's head and ruining the fun. Yep. Da 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 da. And then I come home and I play it with other people, and it's just either they don't know the game well enough, and you kind of have to like pull them along, or everyone, it's a single player game, and everyone's just playing single player and killing each other, and nothing gets done. Yep. So it really just, it, it becomes, and then when you're playing it by yourself, that game was designed for four people to be on screen. So you have all of this space, and so there's, again, no challenge. You can just kind of hop through everything right. and take your time, which the follow-up to that, I think, improved and actually made it a really fun party game, and that's New Super Mario Brothers Wii U, which I think the inclusion of that gamepad... I thought took it from a, what could be a really frustrating experience to either a frustrating experience... If you're me and you have to deal with your friend and roommate, Drew, trying to make blocks... Oh my god. But I've oh. never been so frustrated. I've never been so frustrated in a co-op <laughs> game before. But that's just me. It is actually a really... It's a it's, really fun experience. It's a really, it's a really fun, fun party game. And that one even by yourself got challenging. Like, that one, they kind of went back to basics and built really inventive levels. There's, like, the Van Gogh painting-themed yeah, ones. Yeah. Like, even, like, the desert stuff really got into, like, going under the sand and finding secret passageways, and the ice level had all these different, like, stacks and slippery things and penguin suits that made it just, like, a fun mm -hmm. slide-in level. And that one, I think, really finally kind of figured out that franchise. They hit their groove with that little yeah. like 2.5D. Yeah, and style. that's the other thing. Yeah, and they really kind of figured out the boss fights were inventive. Everything about that game was really fun to Definitely. do. Um and they added secrets again and all of that. And that one I think was really good, but all four of them it really frustrates me especially going back and being like, "Oh boy, 8-bit Mario." Oh, cool. Like, Super Mario Brothers 2 looks so different. Super Mario Brothers 3 looks like a play. Like, it's a stage play, and everything looks bolted in, and mm -hmm. it looks really cool. And Mario World was this big, colorful planet. And then New Super Mario Brothers was just very... Here you go. Everything looks... Every, it, it, from 1 through 4, everything looked the same. It looked like I was going through the same forest and the same desert and the same water... And I was just kind of like, you guys picked a different style. Because all of them, in the end of the day, go woods, desert, ice, water, forest, scary place, lava. It's, that's just kind of how it goes. Mm -hmm. But when you change the textures of each one, you don't notice it as much. Because everything kind of feels like a different place. But with New Super Mario Brothers... It was. It just. You could have ported that game four times, and I wouldn't have been able to know the difference. That, that's a. That's like, a. That's a fair point. Yeah. And the graphics, like they never, like they never got really detailed, like Smash Brothers. So even like the 3DS to Wii U jump, I was like, the graphics don't feel that much better to make me get really, really excited about this. Mm -hmm. But whatever. But now we're out of those four and new Super and Super Mario Brothers two. 
So we're into the golden era yes, sir. of all of the magic, nostalgia, and the building blocks of every video game that's come after it. Which is why, of those four that are left, at the bottom of my list, is the original Super Mario Brothers. I, 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 I had a feeling, I had a feeling that wasn't going to be near, that wasn't going to be quite near the top of your list. I think a lot of people would put it at the top, and I think a lot of those people are playing with the, it's one of the most, if not the most important video game of all time. Without question. Of all time. Without question. Of that all time. does not make it the best, necessarily. No. And it's so, so good. But Super Mario Brothers is scary. And so is Lost Levels. Because the physics are still real floaty. You're still jumping a certain way. But that game, though, is brilliant in its design. Yep. Like, if you really want to go play Mario Maker and really figure out how to do it, you got to go play Super Mario Brothers. Because every level is built with such simplicity. You never see more than a few enemies on screen. Everything flows. The challenge is in the platforming. It makes you have to think about how you're going to do it. They add those trampolines and fire flowers, and it feels like a reward whenever you find something. The first time you get above the ramp and the underground levels is amazing because mm -hmm. you feel like you've cheated. And then at the end of it, it turns out that you can take a shortcut. But then if you get used to that, there's a shortcut back to level two. So it punished you for doing it after a while. It's brilliant. It's a flawless brilliant game. The beauty of the Super Mario Brothers games is that they were all flawless. Yep. Um, my third one is the Lost Levels. Um, it, it, it pretty much exact same thing as Super Mario Brothers 2. In fact, it is. It's just so much harder. And oh my, this was the first time I had ever beaten it. That game is hard. And it punishes you right out of the gate. The first thing you find is that mushroom. The second thing you find is a poison mushroom. And you immediately go, I am not playing Super Mario Brothers 1 anymore. That is new, and it hurt me, and now I am scared, and I'm lost, and I don't know what I'm doing anymore. I got through eight levels, and I was excited, and now I'm a lost, tiny little Mario <laughs> again, and I don't know what's happening. Please help me. Oh, good, I found a secret. Oh, this time it just killed me. What am I doing? Brilliant game. Nothing to complain about. Super challenging. Really precise, like Mega Man style platforming. Yeah. That game is relentless to the point where somebody, when it came out, went, We're not giving this to America. It's too hard. Give them Super Mario Brothers 2. Oh, man. And then, of course, it's a tough one. I it's a tough one. I, I don't know where you're going with this. It's a tough one, and it's going to be Super Mario Brothers 3 for number two. Okay. It's so good. That game is anybody's childhood who's listening to this podcast. That was everything. And it's such a, just, I think, a beautiful way of opening. The curtains draw back. It comes down. It started all of that kind of like, are all of these people actors? Is this a play? What yeah. are they doing? Just such a good way to bring you in. And it, add, it built on everything that Super Mario Brothers 1 and 2 made perfect. It just kept building on like... Bigger worlds. Can I stop? Yeah. Alright, one last slate and then we're fine. Bigger worlds. <laughs> Alright. It just built on like bigger worlds and taking advantage of new tech. Well, I guess not new tech, but like the end of the NES tech. Yeah. 
and really just built on like boss fights were different. You had a much bigger idea of story because you had all the wizards and the wands. It really brought you to like the airships, the world where everything's bigger than you are. And like the, it added the Tanuki suit. You could fly in that game. It had every the top world map. It gave you everything that really is what people wanted Mario to come back to. Mm-hmm. And I think it really was advantageous for it. But I still think the best 2D Mario game, without a doubt, is Super Mario World. Especially after going back and playing it again. That game is amazing. I mean, that's the one that, like, admittedly, I, I have not played the 2D Marios nearly as many times as you have. And admit and Super Mario World is the one that, like, that's the one that I think about when it comes to, like, my childhood and, like, really understanding what Mario was as a, as a game, as a platformer, and as a character. Like, just the moment that you hop on Yoshi for the first time, it's just like, man... That just solidified me loving games. Yeah. That was just that was it after that. It was it. It was done. Well, and that one I think gave you like half those worlds had a secret. So as soon as you realized that a red dot meant a secret, you would go back and you would dig and you would dig and you would dig and you would pick and you would pull it apart. And you could find all of those hidden blocks that either made it easier or harder. And then you got to Star Road, and all of those levels were just bizarre Mm -hmm. and crazy. And then you finally beat all of those and found all the secrets. And some of those secrets were hard. There's that one I mentioned two episodes ago where you have to fly under the goalpost and then come up and find the second Uh one. I don't like there how I don't even know how I found that when I first did as a kid. Like you gotta extinguish all options to Mm -hmm. find that. And then you go through all these super hard levels. That are just like gnarly, extreme, awesome, great, fantastic. And then you load it up after that, and all the seasons have changed. And all of a sudden the game is fall, and they've changed Koopas into these weird things, and Goobmans into even weirder things. And it's just so good. And that last boss fight was so different from anything else. Like all the other Mario games, Sans Mario Brothers 2, yeah. was like jump over Bowser and hit the axe. And then Super Mario Brothers 3 was like avoid Bowser while he stomps down until he goes all the way down and dies. And this one really was like, you got to figure it out. You got to kick up the Koopa thing that he throws and donk him on the head and everyone comes in. Yoshi was such a fun playing mechanic. And all of those levels, like all of them, again, they follow that pattern of like fire, desert, da 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 This one felt like a very natural progression over an island. Mm-hmm. Like it really felt like here's an island. You start here. It's just kind of normal, normal, happy place. And the second world's kind of the same, but you go underground sometimes. Then you're going through a cave. Then you go over a bridge. And then you're in the forest. And then you're in this valley. And then you're underwater in Bowser's Cavern. And it felt like a really, like, natural progression of story. Instead of just kind of being like, desert's over there. Uh, That place is cold. That's an ocean. uh, And that is uh, haunted stuff. Done. But I think that's my take on all of them. Wow, man, that's a that's a really good list. Uh, I've played most of those. Like I said, I've never played two or uh, Lost Worlds, but I I can't really see too many differences in what my list would be. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it just makes me really excited for Mario I'm Maker. So pumped! I already know 
one of the first levels I want to do, and I won't say it here because I don't want anyone to take my idea, but I think I figured out one of my first levels, and I think it's going to be great. All right. Cool. Well, um, we're going to take a break, so stick around, and we'll talk a little Star Wars Battlefront when we get back. Oh, man. All right. Like, subscribe, all that jazz. You know what to do. guys we're back so for our last quick little segment um let's talk a little star wars battlefront so blake it came out today that we will indeed be getting a beta for star wars battlefront sometime in october we'll be able to play walker assault on planet hoth okay it's a 40 player multiplayer battle featuring rebels and the empire blah 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 get to play as two of the most iconic characters, Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker, and so on and so forth. It got me thinking that I really haven't thought about this game in a while, kind of since its April announcement. Yeah. And it got me thinking, am I really going to care when this comes out in November? Are you really going to care that much when it comes out in November? I really, really want to say yes. Okay. But probably not. It'll probably be the game that I buy because it's Star Wars and it's the first Star Wars game we're getting in a long time under Disney being buying it. Mm -hmm. There's going to be all the hype around the new movie and the new books and the new comics and I do love Star Wars so very, very much. This is not... Nor has it ever been the Star Wars game that I really want. The Star Wars game that you really want is, is 1313. Yeah. So that's a, one of my big points of why I'm like... I'm just not that excited about it is because I feel like we had this really special game that was coming out that was going to be really good and meaningful and important and it just got thrown out when Disney bought them and then their kind of like it's fine we're making Star Wars games response was Battlefront 3 which I know a lot of people were asking for for a long time admittedly I was asking for it but I was asking for what Battlefront 2 was which it had a nice, it had a nice story story mode, a nice campaign, a lot of co-op stuff, yeah, and then a lot of multiplayer stuff. And what we're getting with this is just a what feels like a really cool multiplayer, like massive forty-player multiplayer game with some co-op, offline co-op missions tacked on. But it doesn't even even have you even really heard anything about those? I don't no. feel like they've meant. I just feel like it's been completely glossed over, yeah. and the only reason they probably have even said anything much about it to this point is because there was some initial, like, whoa, is this really going to be a $60 game and all we're getting is 40-player multiplayer? Yeah. So, I I wanted Battlefront 3, but I wanted it in a different vein than what we're actually getting. Yeah, I would have really liked... Like, I got really excited when it was DICE making this game. Me and too. I know that from the beginning they were like, we're not just going to paint Star Wars over Battlefield. And my first thought when they said that was, why the hell not? Why wouldn't that be amazing? Well, I mean, like, yeah, Battlefield, the staple of those Battlefield games is definitely multiplayer. Right. And has been, once they got four figured out, their four server issues figured out, it became a great multiplayer game. And 
Hardline, in my opinion, was an even better right. multiplayer experience than 4 was. And I'm like, why not just paint over and give me a fun 8-hour first-person bounty hunter-themed first-person shooter story mode and then a really cool multiplayer? Yep. Would that, who would that have made mad? Who did DICE think they were pleasing when they were like, don't worry guys, it's not just going to be Battlefield with lightsabers. Because I stood up and said, but I want that. <laughs> That's what I want. The thing you just said you're not doing, give it to give me. Give that to me, yeah. And then I was like, oh cool, maybe they're going to do something like Jedis and lightsabers. Because that's the best part of playing Star Wars and being in that huge universe to me, if you're not going to be in like Knights of the Old Republic and being in an RPG and really let me explore it, is being a Jedi. Yeah. Not being a nameless scout or a stormtrooper. See, what my whole thing about this is, I just feel like it's... It's going to kind of be a flash in the pan compared to everything else we're getting this fall. Because, I mean, if you even take things out, like, take things away like Mario Maker. Because yeah. it's on a completely different platform that Battlefront will not be on. And it's a completely different style of game. But think about what we're getting that is sort of that, like, has those shooting ele shooter elements and... Most likely some multiplayer. Like, yeah. I mean, the week before Battlefront, which is November 17th, the week before the 10th, we're getting Rise of the Tomb Raider, if you have an Xbox, and Fallout 4, which has already been said has at least 400 hours of yeah. content in it. And couple that with a week earlier, Call of Duty Black Ops 3, and then a week before that, Halo 5 Guardians... And then, gosh, what else? I mean, Phantom Pain, Metal Gear Solid Five just came out today. The Taken King, Destiny yep. comes out in two weeks. I mean, that right there. And then a couple weeks after Battlefront is Just Cause 3. Not to mention all of these other different types of games that you've got peppered in. The fall is just, like, stacked right now. Even after some of the delays that we've seen come yeah. about. I mean, I just... I can't imagine, at least me personally, and probably you too, I really can't imagine spending more than a week or two with this game when I've got so much yeah. else to play, so much else in the, on the pipeline, in the pipeline well, to spend my time with. And a lot of people play video games differently and they go for different experiences. I'm not a big multiplayer guy unless everyone's over and we're on the couch. Sure. So I'm just not. Which means I'm going to do what I did with Titanfall. I'm going to pop it in. I'm going to be like, this is really, really fun, and then everyone's going to get a lot better than me at it, and I'm going to get bored or frustrated and be like, see ya. Yeah. Because Star Wars, and I have a theory that the reason we're not seeing a big campaign in this is because right now, Disney and Star Wars, they've thrown out the expanded universe, and they're being so careful. Like, you see this in the comics, in the books, of like where a story goes and when it's canon and where it happens in the universe and in between these movies that I totally get if they were like we want to do a story and Disney was just like well, you're not because all of our stories are over here and we right. don't want you guys running over there and confusing people or whatever like I could totally see them just being like no make it mm -hmm. multiplayer we'll get to all that but what's weird to me all about that is too especially considering all of that stuff that you just mentioned all these piles of games is that they're crushing everything else these comics are amazing, and they're coming out at very smart times. Yep. The books are great, and they're coming out just kind of in waves. 
Um, the movie is going to crush. Sure. The TV show is doing really well. Disney Infinity figures that have just got Star Wars are doing really well with a really interesting way of going through the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy yeah. and the Clone Wars. So how come this game is just getting this kind of like, don't worry, it's there. Like it feel, like it, it almost feels like an afterthought. As it weird does. as as weird as it is to say that a third game in a beloved series has been an afterthought, but that kind of feels like what it is. Well, and what's interesting too when you think about kind of Disney's strategy with other like big properties they've bought, like we don't really see movie tie-in games anymore. Like there's not like a Force Awakens action game like there was for Revenge of the Sith. There has there wasn't an Iron Man 3, there wasn't a Winter Soldier, there wasn't an Avengers game. I wonder if Disney just kind of with their like really big properties is like, we'll get to the video games. Because like, it feels like that's the one area where they're not just dominating. It's kind of taking a back seat right now while they get the new universe established, yeah. it seems like. Like they're crushing on Which like... Which will probably be beneficial in the long run, but in the short run it just sort of feels like it's getting slighted a little bit. Yeah. And I'm sure when it comes out, we'll see a bunch of marketing, and I'm sure it'll be a big push with the movie coming absolutely, out. Absolutely, absolutely. Ju it's just not. In the end of the day, I wanted, a, I wanted thirteen thirteen. Is what did. I really wanted. Is so what I think. I think so did most people. Right. I think that's the one aspect of Disney buying this franchise that everyone's like. But it was right there. Yeah. Like, we, were, we were. We were that. It close. was right we were that there. Close. Um. Because everything else is so good, so I'm just sort of curious, like what, like what happens after this? Like, obviously, we'll get some DLC and we'll see some things from the other movies, but like, hopefully, hopefully, more planets. Yeah. Hopefully, more modes, because we don't really know what else is going on with any other kind of multiplayer yeah. mode at this point. So. And they haven't mentioned any other Star Wars game yet outside nope. of a mobile one. Right. So I'm like. If this is what I get, then I'll buy it. But you guys got to give me something. You got to, like, give me at least, like, a Rogue Squadron collection or, or, or remaster KOTOR. Do, I feel like we've talked about that before. Like, I, that's something. just a dream. That yeah. would be a dream. But, yeah, there's no way. It's going to get buried. I'm going to play Fallout more. Buried. I'm going to play Metal Gear more. I'm going to play Mario Maker more. Frankly, I'm going to play Halo more, probably. Right. Like, there's just there's there's games that have a much bigger build-up to yep. me than the sequel to a PlayStation 2 game. Which isn't even really a sequel. Right. From what they say. It's Yeah, so. it's just called Battlefront. Yeah. It's not called Battlefront 3. Right. We're not even getting Battlefront 3. That was announced. I, I was supposed to have Dark Obi-Wan. I know. So what am I... I'm getting, I'm getting Titanfall with a Star Wars paint job over it. And if you're going to paint over something, paint over Battlefield. <laughs> like... That's very fair. All right, but at the end of the day, you're going to buy it, right? I'm going to buy it. Day one? Probably. Yeah, me too. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for uh, this episode of Two Player Split Screen. As always, like Blake has said in each of the last uh, segments, like, subscribe. Uh, he's at QuakeBorder55 on Twitter. I'm at the Tie Game. You can fo uh, follow us there and get all the other information about all our other ventures that you need. So that's going to do it for us this week. So for Blake Schultz. See you guys. I'm Tyler Berry. See you all next week. Doot, doot.